0: Welcome to Real
1: Asianship Goals, a podcast all about the realities of healthy relationships. Relationship Goals is a project of the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual violence or harassment and is seeking support, services, or needs more information, links to resources and our hotline number can be found in the description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of their organizations or affiliates. Welcome back to Relationship Goals podcast, episode 11. <laughs> we are glad you're here. My name is Blythe. I'm Miriam, And I'm Kyla. Y'all, thanks for joining us for our last third, I think, set of podcasts that we have planned for the semester. Okay, I have our story today, and I'm going to take us back to summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was 19, I got to be a counselor at a summer camp for an entire summer. I was underpaid, but it was so fun. <laughs> uh, but I was well paid in regard to relationships and, you know, emotional nourishment made me not sleep, and my diet was terrible. <laughs> All that to say, I was 19 at a summer camp. And one of the things that I got to do at, as being a counselor in the summer camp was be a counselor at the same time as my best friend. And like, she had, you know, grown up going to this camp. And uh, I like went once or like for a week once in high school. Um, And she was like, hey, I'm applying to be a counselor. You should do it too. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I'll do it. And, in uh, it, oh my gosh, like so much fun. And there were, I think 18 counselors in total, half were guys, half for gal pals. And so it was our last week with campers and then I think you know there was gonna be one week after that where we were wrapping up and all all the things and in this last week so normally like in a cabin there are two counselors and this week my best friend and I got to be counselors together and her like one of her sisters was like one of the campers it wholesome 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 and I'd known her for you know at this point what felt like a really long time like I think we yeah we've been friends since we were 12 so it's it had been a long time really got to know you know, her and her family and was over there basically every weekend. It was, it was a delight. And, uh, in like, in the, I think it was like in the middle of the week, she, so her mom had experienced like some health issues in the past and, and they got a phone call of like, Hey, your mom's in the hospital because of, I'm going to protect like medical mm-hmm. information because of this thing that's happened before, but it's a big deal, you know? And so she and her sister are like, you know, they're freaking out. They're like, okay, we're over an hour from our mom. And, uh, you know, that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I also like, this is basically my second mom. And like, but yeah, in the moment, like, I think I felt so helpless because it was just like, I can't, I can't do anything. Like, I, I mean, like you physically like have to leave. So like, mm-hmm. I can't, I, it feels like I can't even like try to support you as a friend yeah. um, or something like that. And I'm, you know, I'm 19, I'm not a medical professional um, or something like that. And we're an hour and a half away. And I, and we have, I don't know, 12 campers or something like that. But, like, we also like have to, you know, make sure that first of all, you don't really need to know about this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. second of all, but like, you're still having a really positive camp experience. And so I just remember like in the kerfuffle of like, okay, we need, like, you don't have a car. We need to figure out how we're going to get you to Illinois, you know, to see your mom and to get your sister there and to do that in a way that's not disruptive to camp. And I just remember like a few hours, like after they left and like, I had some kind of downtime where all the campers were doing camper things and I didn't have to be involved. Just like another, uh, someone who like was on staff, I think she was like the like worship, it was a Christian camp. It was like, she was the worship director and just like came by to check on me. She's like, Hey, like, how are, how are you doing? And I felt so loved by that. Cause I was like, I'm not doing great <laughs> because like, this is a big thing happening in the life of someone, but it's like, it doesn't, it's like not my parent. And so like, I'm a, a degree removed, yeah. but like, I still like feel so sad and like, oh, like, po- just like powerless to do anything about it. And I just really appreciated that person who was also a, had grown to be a dear friend who was like, Hey, like that's like still real. And that's still really hard. So like, how can we support you while well, you're here? I know yeah, that's, that's my story. Hmm. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. it (laughs) sucks. She's okay now, by the way. Oh, mom's okay. She's thriving. That's good. (laughs) Friend is okay. (laughs) So I should, I should add that they're doing okay. But
2: yeah. Well, thank you, Blythe, for sharing that story with us. So as of today, we are talking about helplessness. And helplessness is basically like something that is happening in the life of someone you care about, but you can't really do anything about it. And that could come from a multitude of things. It could be from mental illness, friends that have mean siblings, or mm-hmm. a partner has a terrible boss or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think just like the feelings of helplessness can surface up when we might not feel like we're showing up enough
0: mm-hmm. in someone's
2: life. and. Not being able to change circumstances for someone that we really care about. And that can be very difficult. And like, I want to help you so bad, but I have no power to do that. And I don't understand how to really do that. So, this episode, we're really just going to talk about like how to identify that uncomfortable feeling and navigate through that in a healthy manner. So, yeah, hopelessness.
1: Yeah, that's good. I think a good. I, I loved all those examples you gave those were so good a good and important like caveat to add of like obviously like you can feel helpless if like something is happening in your own life or something like that or like there's um if you've seen Hamilton <laughs> there's like a whole song about like oh my gosh I had, like the girl she like sees the guy and she's like oh like kind of like helplessly helplessly in love with you kind of a thing so I like that is a degree of like Helplessness, and that's so real, but just the context of what we're going to talk about is in like something is happening outside of your life. I think helplessness is, I don't know, like counterintuitive, but like a can be a sign that like you really care about someone and like you want to like make the thing better or like, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like, I want to be the one to like make the thing better, but like it's outside of my control. And so just like to add, I think that that's like a it's a really hard feeling to experience, but it's, like, a good instinct, you know, of, like, I care about you, and so, like, I want to, like, I want to fix this thing, I want to make it better, and so, therefore, I'm feeling helpless because I
0: can't. I think that that's so very true, and it is such a deep sign mm-hmm. that that you care very deeply about somebody, yeah. um, and I think that as a part of that, kind of like you were saying, like, that's deep empathy mm-hmm. of, like, you're feeling for that person you're feeling with that person Mm. um and sometimes it means that whenever those like involve really intense like sometimes like more negative emotions i think that like this is something that i felt sometimes of where like if my partner is really upset about something that makes me upset, but yeah. I never want to tip that scale into, I'm so upset about the thing that's impacting him, mm-hmm. that the coin flips. And now he feels like he needs to comfort me. And it's yeah. like, I need to figure out how to regulate that on myself or go to like my best, not obviously not sharing details sure. that are going on with him, but go to my best friend and be like, he's really hurting. And like Mm -hmm. that's making me upset in this way or like I'll talk to my mom and be like he's really hurting about Mm -hmm. this and that is making me upset in these ways so that I have an outlet that is not him Mm -hmm. (laughs) who is personally experiencing that hurt to kind of like process through own and like just kind of in that same vein it's so important to recognize that like hurting for somebody else Mm -hmm. is not selfish Mm-hmm. like it is okay for you to be experiencing those extreme like emotions like it was okay for you to be upset mm-hmm. about your friend's mom because yeah. that was still even if it wasn't your your mom mm-hmm. and even if it wasn't like you said you weren't in that like inner circle you were in like the second layer mm-hmm. that still your feelings were still very valid like your connection, sure. your relationship with her and your relationship with your friend were very valid and mm-hmm. there is no selfishness in feelings yeah there is selfishness in how you React to your feelings sometimes. Mm -hmm. So just being aware and conscious of that, I think.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. And I think yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, and to like to hit the point home of like like this secondary hurt. I don't know. I'm gonna use it. I feel feel like that that Secondary, sure. Yeah. Like secondary hurt is is still real hurt, Mm -hmm. you know. And like you, yeah, should like respond to that hurt in a way that like or like that hurt should be responded to as if it's valid, not as if it's like lesser or something like that. Mm -hmm. Granted, right? Like, and you hit (laughs) the spot on like the person to like, whether it's to vent, to process with is probably not the person who's, and these are, this is a faulty term, but like who's experiencing like the quote unquote primary hurt, Mm -hmm. not to say that like one is necessarily greater or less, but like, that's not the person to do that with, right? There are, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's like going to another friend uh, or just like someone else that you were close with that you can like process
0: mm-hmm. that
1: way like you yeah you should do because like
2: that is also caring for ourselves
1: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
2: and I like, guess like just understanding that like even in showing empathy and like having that secondary hurt also just like acknowledging and recognizing you can be there for someone mm-hmm. and still that uh, mm-hmm. uncomfortable feeling of being hurt because the person that you care about is hurt and like basically like navigating through that in a healthy mm-hmm. manner, just like basically being there, listening to them, just like vent about anything yeah. that's going on with them and not necessarily like having something for them, like a solution mm-hmm. for them right away. Cause it's not always our job to yeah. fix things. But it is always good to just like be a listening ear. Yeah. And like putting the ball in their court just like, hey, you might throw out some things to them, like, for them to possibly do, but at the same time, it, putting it back in their court, like, you could choose this, you could Mm -hmm. choose this, you could choose this, but this is totally for you to decide, Mm -hmm. because I am not in control of Mm -hmm. this situation you are, so. Mm
0: -hmm. That is, So true. And that resonated so (laughs) deeply with me, because that's something like over the last year or so that I've been trying to be more conscious of, of whenever somebody is sharing something with me, beginning from a space of, do you want space and time to vent? Like, do you want me to just be a listening ear Or do you want me to help you like come up with solutions or try to like reason Mm -hmm. what's happening? Mm -hmm. So that's just a very, it's very hard. I feel like we're just very naturally like, oh, well, well, we've got to fix it. Like we've just got to jump on in. Like, let's figure this out. Oh, well, they said that really mean thing. Well, maybe this was going on in the background. Whenever that's sometimes just not Mm
1: -hmm. what
0: people need, but I think it's our resistance to feelings of helplessness that kind of prevent us from our initial reaction being to just sit in that space Mm -hmm. with someone yeah because that because it is so hard
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: yeah and that's often like what that person needs what i need right of like Mm -hmm. for you know like you know friend or something else like i i just need you to like i don't need you need you to be the fixer i just need you to be my friend and to to sit with me in that which makes me think of like how uh, like a the feeling of like helplessness can get twisted and we can respond to that and like really harmful or unhealthy ways like if we use it as an excuse to like try to exert power and control in other areas of our lives right because like helplessness is often a feeling of like or it's really connected to like i don't have control over something and so it's like ooh, red flag if i or someone else is like using that feeling to them like how can i i don't know if it's like domineer like exert unhealthy power and control in the lives of like other people around me because i'm grasping for that control i'm um, right and we know like in a like healthy relationships are equal relationships where like it's not a like power and control differential obviously like there are some natural power differentials with like coach Co- coachy. what is that called coach student Stu- student yes <laughs> there we go yes <laughs> sorry af- yeah or athlete or something like that. <laughs> sorry um
0: a team member yeah team yeah.
1: member um so like but outside of like kind of like those natural things or something like that so that's like a ooh, red flag. That's not how yeah. helplessness should be responded to because that can also get unsafe really, really fast. Yeah. Are there other, what are other like red flag responses to helplessness mm. or like how it might show up in relationships?
2: I think like even when like you have that feeling of helplessness and dealing with a situation with like a family member or a friend or such like that, holding in your own mm. feelings because like when you bottle up your own feelings, that can create tension within yourself yeah. and like so if that person is like maybe needing the space to vent to you mm. you're like well i can't help you so i'm really frustrated right now i keep giving you this and that, mm. and that. but at the same time i still can't help you because i'm frustrated because you're frustrated mm. and that can also create an unhealthy dynamic between you and that person that you have that relationship yeah. with so that's another way of looking at that mm
1: yeah that's good and like the like holding and bottling and, and emotions like is not like the strong thing to do mm-hmm. in a way like the the strong thing to do right and like the vulnerable and the courageous thing to do is to in safe ways yeah. not necessarily to that person to like allow yourself to like experience those things and to, and to say like hey this is really hard and and yeah and I care about this person and that's vulnerable and it's and beautiful but yeah but that's just I think a myth. like oh the strong thing to do is to hold it in and to not share that with anybody
0: I think another unhealthy thing is yeah kind of like we were talking we were hitting on earlier with control Mm -hmm. and like trying to control how someone responds to their situation Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. or or it's like that's something I struggle with sometimes of being like okay like just tell me what you need Mm -hmm. so I can give you what you need so I can be the best support that I can be which Mm -hmm. is kind of an inherently selfish thing because it's like what yeah like tell me so I can be reassured of what I need to do for you and um sometimes and this is okay and it's so hard and it's so frustrating Mm -hmm. which is valid to deal with this sometimes people don't know what they need yeah Mm -hmm. to be supported and sometimes Mm. like um, it sucks Mm. (laughs) it sucks so hard but sometimes we just are kind of floating (laughs) in space and it's like I don't know what I need I just know that I feel Mm -hmm. so bad right now Mm -hmm. and that's hard But that's just how it is Mm. sometimes. And Mm -hmm. all we can do is let people know, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Like, I'm here if you need me. I'm here in whatever way you need me, the best of my ability, (laughs) (laughs) safely and healthily. But I'm here for you. And then sometimes you just have to, if they need space, give them space and just kind Mm -hmm. of like let go of the reins, which I think Mm -hmm. is scary Mm -hmm. and really difficult because Mm -hmm. there's, like I said earlier, it all comes down to, I think, that uncertainty that Mm -hmm. is just so uncomfortable.
2: Mm -hmm. I think I found myself in a situation like that before with a college friend. um, Mm -hmm. It was like we were like testing or something like midterms or something like that was going on and like they needed my help. Um, for this class because I had taken the class before sure. and so I was like well I don't have those things anymore so I don't necessarily know if I am in the space or area to mm-hmm. help you at this moment sure. and so they became like really upset about it mm-hmm. and just really frustrated so I just was like trying to like give input but like but I asked like what is it that you need right now not necessarily what do i need to do to reassure you Mm -hmm. um that you will be okay in this instance but just basically simply saying what is it that you need in Mm. this moment right Mm -hmm. now and them simply saying i don't know what i need right (laughs) now and that's i'm like okay well we could just sit here in silence (laughs) until you're ready to Express what you need, and that is okay. And I agree with that. And so I think that's a healthy way to respond. Mm -hmm. To helplessness. Yeah.
1: I think it's good to remember. It's
2: good for me to remember.
1: (laughs) But like I, as a human being, have limits, Mm -hmm. and that that's not there being like something wrong with me. It's just like I have a finite capacity. I can't do everything. I shouldn't be able to do (laughs) to do everything. Yeah. Before we kind of close really quick, want to add a quick caveat that like if you are in the Central Texas area so the advocacy center right we offer services and support to anyone who's been a victim of crime or violence um, and to that person's like loved ones right so friend family members to just like and yeah i mean like our services like counseling especially are free and so just um you don't if something is like going on like something happened to your sister or your friend or something like that or your child or, or your parent um that they are yeah experiencing crime or like victim of violence that like there are supports for you too um, and yeah, if you are outside of the Central Texas area, I encourage you to look into those. So, any final thoughts before we jump into our relationship goal? Cool beans. Okay, y'all, your relationship goal this week is to express gratitude for someone who has loved you and supported you, right? So maybe it's either happening right now or it happened in the past. Um, like say, so, hey, thanks for being there for me because oftentimes, right? It's the people who are like close in our life that we need the most when we're going through something really tough. Um, and it's just like, Really good to remind them, like, hey, I, I hear you, I see you, I feel the support that you gave me, even if to you it didn't feel like you were doing a ton like
0: like you did. And that meant
1: and that meant a lot. And Kyle has a recommendation.
0: Yes, I do, and I'm very excited about it because over spring break I decided that it was time that I picked up a more like tactile hobby. So I'm yeah. kind of hopping onto Ariana's like arts and crafts you know, <laughs> thing that she's had going on for a little while. But I Love it. And I was just like, I just need. I'm just a very anxious person. So I was like, I need something that I can do with my hands that'll keep my hands busy. So I started crocheting. So um, I just was like, I am just going to do it. So I've looked up videos online and I'm making the world's tiniest scarf right now. (laughs) First attempt, not so well. So I decided to scale it back and now it's very thin, but it is very pretty and yellow and I'm very excited. So I'm starting to get the hang of it. So everybody will have sweaters by the end of the year. (laughs) I love that I love
1: that I love that I uh, what a good recommendation y'all do something tactile crochet knit do something I don't know do something anything <laughs> yeah, anything, anything something uh, care take care of yourselves and each other quoted by Lester Holt i say y'all thanks for tuning in today we appreciate you listening watching and yeah remember to like rate review subscribe follow us on social media that'll all be in the description caption show notes there we go and we'll see you next time for episode 12.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to Real
1: Relationship Goals. This episode was produced by the Prevention and Education Department of the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. You can follow us on Instagram at ACCVC underscore prevention. See you next time.